Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. Yeah, good morning, Project Church. Thank you. Give yourselves a hand. Man, we are in an exciting time of the church and Project Church. You guys are just awesome. We look forward to every Sunday. This morning, Charlie woke up and she's like, Mom, what is today? And I said, it's Sunday. And she said, church day. And listen, as we move into this next season, I believe every Sunday we're going to wake up and say, let's hear the report of the miracles that God is performing in Project Church. We're going to wake up on Sunday mornings and say, it's Sunday. Amen. Come on, let's have that excitement and that anticipation and expectation. Your expectation in this room will bring the Holy Spirit into this place and he will move in your heart and on behalf of the requests that are present in this room because of the expectation level in your heart. Are you expectant for a word of God today? I pray that you are because I'm excited about the message today. We've been in the Elephant Room series and we're, we've, we completed that. So if you missed it, thinking that you're going to have another awkward Sunday at Project Church, you missed the series. Um, we're back into Mark and we're studying the book of Mark going chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And this morning we're going to be talking about storms. Talking about storms. How many people have gone through a storm in their life? Yeah, every one of us. But just so you know, we, we, we go through the scripture chapter by chapter, verse by verse, because we truly believe that the word is an inspired word of God. The Bible is the inspired word of God. There is no mistake in it. It's infallible. And we actually were recently reading a book, and it was talking about church growth and just church maturity. And here's what it said. It said, nothing has greater impact. Caleb read this a couple weeks, if this sounds familiar. Nothing has greater impact on spiritual growth than reflection on scripture. If churches could do only one thing to help people at all levels of spiritual maturity grow in their relationship with Christ, their choice is clear. They would inspire, encourage, and equip their people to read the Bible. I don't want to be the only person that you ever hear the word of God from. I want you to read the word of God and hear straight from heaven. Hear straight from heaven. Because the thing is, the word is powerful. It is a light into our, or a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. It is alive. It's breathing. It's words that a living God has left us. It's, it's God breathed. And everything that we hear from it should give us hope and, 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 and ex hope, really. And that's what Jesus is. And so anyways, I'm thinking about spiritual maturity. I'm thinking about spiritual growth for our church. As we expand, we see more and more people coming. We also, we don't want to just expand. We want to grow deeper. And if we're going to go deeper, then we're going to grow in our spiritual maturity. Amen? And so this morning, we're going to be talking about a storm. And I believe in the passage that I'm reading, we have the key to growing in our spiritual maturity. There is a key to growing in our spiritual maturity. When I think about spiritual maturity, I think about people who exhibit peace when things don't go their way. The other day, Caleb was at Chick-fil-A with all the kids. I was at a speaking engagement in Napa. And, um, you know, Charlie didn't get the food she wanted, didn't get the ice cream she wanted because she chose the book instead. You know, I don't know if any Chick-fil-A 
families out there, you get either the ice cream or the book, right? And so she chose a book, and then when it's time for dessert, you're like, oh, shoot, all I have is a book, and I can't get the ice cream. So anyways, the free ice cream. So she didn't choose what she wanted to, and then she realized it was also time to leave the playground. So what did she do? My four-year-old, she threw a tantrum. And Caleb, in you know, very loving form, said, she is so your daughter. And I go, wow, okay, you're right, she's passionate. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah, she's really passionate. And then I got to thinking, I got to thinking, now is, is this passion that my daughter is exhibiting or does that really speak to the immaturity level in a grown woman to act like, sometimes act like a four-year-old, you know what I mean? And essentially, when we throw tantrums, and all of us do, whether we want to admit it or not, we throw these adult tantrums and we say, why God, why, what are you doing? Calm the storm in my life. And what God's wanting to say is that I need you to grow in your maturity level and I need you to access my peace in the middle of your storm and exhibit it for all the world to see because when you have my peace people are going to want to have what you have so this morning turn your bibles to mark 4 35 through 41 we're going to be reading about jesus calming the storm and we read and we sang about it a little earlier so mark 4 35 through 41 follow along that day when evening came he said to his disciples let us go over to the other side Leaving the crowd behind, they took, him, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Come on, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that we have access to your power and peace through it. So God, I pray that you would open up the word to our hearts and our minds. And God, may we take it to heart and may it transform us from the inside out. And may it help us have perspective on our storms. And may it help us walk through the storms that we're facing even today. So we love you, Jesus, in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. So many of you know we live in a relatively skeptical culture. Would you agree? relatively skeptical. And so when people hear these kinds of stories who might not necessarily call themselves uh, Christ followers, they would say that this is probably just a legend that has been passed down from time to, from, from, you know, from generation to generation because everyone knows that seas are not controllable. When you're out in the middle of the sea and there's no, like, it's going to take forever for you to get back to shore. There's no way that you're going to beat out a storm. There's no way that you're going to survive it. There's just no way, right? And so I, I want you to understand, I was talking about how the word is infallible because you, you read the first couple of verses of this and you're like, okay, great. They're very description. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. You know, do you, do you ever wonder why the, the writers insert those different passages? You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and I want you to understand that scholars and um, teachers of the word and, and scholars who are not even just Christ followers, they would agree that legends that were written in, in these days were, were actually very general. 
They were general in the way that they were shared. They didn't have all the details. And so what I want to submit to you today is that this text is so descriptive, and it, and it gives these things like, okay, we left the crowd behind. It took him a little long, and then he went to the boat. And then it was just talking about all these details. And what that would say to us, and many scholars of ancient and biblical texts would tell us, that this is an eyewitness account. There's no mistaking that this happened because of the way it was written compared to other legends that have been passed down from generation to generation. And so I want you to be encouraged today that the things that take place in this story are for us today. They actually happen. The word of God is true. It is infallible. There can be no mistake. We're not going to leave out a detail because we, re we believe that every single word is inspired by God. So this morning... I want you to understand the legitimacy of this story. It is so legitimate and it is so for us. We think about this storm, we think about the storms of life, and when we see that there is a God and there is a human, God in human form, Jesus can calm the storm, that should give us the greatest encouragement that we can possibly find. But also, I want to talk to you about the revelation of this story. Like I said, Psalm 119.105 says this, The word of God is a lamp unto our feet. So if, imagine me putting a lamp unto my feet. Like if it was a dark, dark room, you'd be able to see my shoes. You'd be able to see my scar from a, park, or from a, from a car accident. You'd be able to see the, the threads from my ripped up jeans. Don't worry. We're, we're doing all right. It's a style. And so you put a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. The word of God is meant to reveal itself to us. They're not just legends and stories and these things that make us feel good so that we can make it through the storm. No, they're things that actually happen and they give us access and revelation to God. And there's two things that I was, was, was thinking about the scripture. I was thinking, how many times do I read the Bible and I, I don't have very much time in the morning? I'm like, I just need a little bit of revelation of who you are today. And so when we read the word, one of two things can happen. We can have limited revelation or we can have full revelation of the word of God. And as I was thinking this, this week, I was thinking the limited revelation of God in a story like this where he calms the storm for the disciples and he says, quiet, be still. He says all these things. I believe that the limited re revelation that we can have this morning is that God what, what we can ask ourselves and we can have the question answered, what is God's solution to my current situation? How many people come on Sundays and you're like, man, it's been a tough week. I'm coming for a word that I need for that day. I need a just, I, I just need a, a break from that or I need a solution. I, I need something for that specific situation, right? I actually believe that that's limited revelation of the word of God. Because sometimes, how many people have been there too, where you open the Bible and like, I need you, I need you today, right now. And then you're like, open up the word and boom, this better be from you. And you read it and you're like, they fashion false idols. Oh, shoot. You know, it's like, that didn't work. And so I, I just feel like there's limited revelation when we're seeking God for an answer for our, our situation. Yes, God will give us specific solutions. And that's great. And he's awesome in that way. And I do think that it exhibits his power. But I believe a full revelation of the word of God can be in our lives is when he answers the question, what is God's nature from the beginning? beginning of time, historically, right now, and for future situations. We want a full revelation of who God is, not just how are you going to work in this one situation. Because here's the thing, God will work in some situations when we're younger, and then, and then he'll work a little differently when we're older. But he's the same God. 
Some prayers he'll answer and others he won't. But he does, that doesn't change the God that he is. It doesn't change who he is. So if we want a full revelation of who God is this morning, we need to ask, what is your nature? Who are you, God? Are you ready for a full revelation through this text? Let's get it. <laughs> I want to submit to you also this morning, the degree to which we understand God's nature will be the degree to which we experience peace in life's storms. This is what we're talking about this morning, peace. And when we can access peace, we access spiritual growth and spiritual maturity. But there's also a reality of the storms that we face in this life. Let's talk about the storms. You might be thinking, are you talking about like earthly storms? Are you talking about internal storms? You know, all the storms, it's external and internal. It's, said, it's been said that everybody is either going into a storm, is in the middle of a storm, or is coming out of a storm. You probably all would agree. And you're trying to think, okay, where am I in the storm right now? Let, guess what? It's just life. That's just life. We're always in a storm. And so we can access truth of God's word and peace for all of life. Because we're always going through storms or we're near a storm. You, you believe that? And so verse 37, it says this. And a great windstorm arose. And in the Matthew account, it says, a furious storm without warning came. And so I want you to understand the sea in which the, Jesus and the disciples are on these boats. They're in the Sea of Galilee, and, and, and it's a shallow sea, actually. It's only 200, what, what was it, 200 feet deep. And when the water is that shallow, when the wind picks up, it, it splatters more. Do you know what I'm saying? When you, like, when the, when the wind hits the water, it whips up quicker than it would with deeper waters. And what's happening is that there's hills and mountains that are really high, and then and they drastically go down to, um, to the, the sea, which is below sea level. And so there's just drastic changes in temperature and pressure. And so people are, if this day, are very um, accustomed, accustomed to the Sea of Galilee because storms are brewing all the time, but always unexpectedly. You just don't know what's going to happen because of the temperature changes. So the, the, the fishermen of this time, when they were coming to the Sea of Galilee, they were just kind of like, wow, you never know. You're, you're going to be in some deep trouble when you are on the Sea of Galilee if you're there in a storm. It, 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 it'll hit you without knowing, without you knowing it. How many people know that life's stuff that happens to us sometimes happen without any anticipation? We had no idea that it was coming for us. That's just how life is, and that's exactly what the Sea of Galilee was. Much like the storms of sea, the Sea of Galilee, we have external storms in our lives. They're unexpected, they're unforeseen, and sometimes they come without warning. Don't you hate those? The physical pain that we're like, where did that come from? Like as we're growing older, Caleb will be like, hey, Chrissy, oh my gosh, you know, and it's like so unexpected. He just turned his head. Sorry, babe. <laughs> Car accidents. Gosh, Chase, we're praying for you. He just got, got did you get rear-ended? Was that it? Got rear-ended unexpectedly. Great car. He's really sad about it. Pray for him. <laughs> Financial problems. Losing a job, those are unexpected, right? But I want to submit to you that the way that we handle these external problems can sometimes be handled based on how we're handling our internal problems. Our internal problems. 
And so I, I was thinking about this week, and it was one of those rough weeks for our family. Um, I mean, there was a lot of celebrations, so if you follow us on IG or Facebook, you saw that it was our son's eighth birthday, and it was our 11th anniversary last weekend. And so it's so great, right? So fun, woo, lots of stuff to celebrate. But also that means planning parties. <laughs> and so when you are planning parties for an eight-year-old and you have, how many kids were at the birthday party? Like 12 children at Top Golf, eight years and younger. I don't recommend it. Um, it was a little crazy. My father-in-law was there with my mother-in-law, and um, they kind of left right before everybody got picked up because they were over it. <laughs> and I was like, totally understand. It's all right. We'll say goodbye later. But it was just a little nuts. And then the next day, we didn't even celebrate our anniversary because Caleb's best friend had a um, surprise birthday party. And then um, my son, um, he was up through the night handling, just having stomach issues. You know what I mean by stomach issues and stomach bugs. And then it passed on to my next son. And then it passed on to my daughter who was out of school for three days. And then I, we had a fundraising dinner on Friday. I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me, but it was a big week. And it was like planning all these things. And then on Saturday, after the, the, the dinner on Friday, um, the next morning, I drove to Napa with Heidi and for a women's event, and then it was like, okay, speaking twice, and then it's like, come home, and oh, we're leaving for Monterey on Monday. You know what I mean? <laughs> do, you, do you feel me? Pray for me. Pray for Caleb. Because here's what happened. It was like this really, really super busy week, but you know who, um, you know what became my greatest enemy this week? The laundry. The laundry. I've never been so, okay, you have to understand this. I just need to back up. Caleb and I, when we first got married, I was happy to do all the domestic stuff, right? I, the traditional girls, I, I want to do that. That's, that's the way I was raised. And I honestly didn't want to let go of laundry because I love folding the way I fold, okay? I know that sounds crazy, but I love the way I fold and I want to do laundry. And then after like two kids when I could not keep up and it was crazy the amount of laundry we had, he's like, Chrissy, please, for the love of God, just let me do my laundry. Um, because he's like, I need underwear like every other day. And I'm like, I oh, know, I can't keep up. And so I'm, I'm just giving you a little context. This is like major, this is very cathartic for me. <laughs> you can't tell. So, um, so laundry became my enemy. When I would see it, I would just kind of get angry and throw it in the, uh, one more load. Like that was me. And I was like, poor laundry. I used to love folding you, you know? <laughs> but I was, I was just mad. I was annoyed. And then it was like, oh, and it's not even just the laundry. It's not, it's not washing it because you just like dump it in and you walk away. But it's, then it's folding it. But I do that pretty well. I actually enjoy that. But it's the putting away of laundry. Anybody else feel me? Okay, gosh. <laughs> Whew, there's clearly a storm in my life. Just kidding. And so what I, essentially what happened is when there's all these external things happening in your life, you take it out on laundry. You take it out sometimes on your spouse. This week, it was the laundry. Next week, it could be the spouse. Next week, it could be our kids. But you know what was actually happening in my head? It was me asking the question, am I good enough, mom? Am I, did, was a party good enough for him? Is he going to remember? This was a gift I got him good enough. Am I, am I being a good wife? I'm not really keeping up with the house. Am I really actually a good wife? You know what? I have to preach this Sunday. Am I a good enough pastor to give a word when I've just been like cursing under my breath this week? That was a major confession, you guys. <laughs> and then it was, it, even my, internally I was saying, am I a capable leader? 
we're doing all these fundraisers. Are, are we capable enough to lead people to give to this bill? There's all these internal storms happening in our lives. And all these external problems are swarming around us. And God's saying, I want to bring peace to the internal storm in your mind and in your heart. That's the peace you need because external storms are going to come and go and come and go expectedly, unexpectedly. And he wants to be our peace. He wants to calm the internal fears that you have in your life. The reality of storms is that they stir up problems in our life that are actually spiritual battles. Storms are spiritual battles in your life. And God's saying, let my peace be your victory. Let my peace be your victory. External storms reveal our internal belief even of who God is. When I was thinking about what internal storms and external storms people who aren't Christ followers have, I, I started thinking they probably start questioning, number one, God's integrity. They pr they're probably asking, is he really who he says he is? Why is he letting bad things happen to us? If he's good, why did he do this? The other week when we were worshiping and I was leading up here, somebody came down front and he was intoxicated, but he was, he was having a rough morning. And I just bent down and I asked him what he needed and he yelled in my ear. No one probably noticed because he, you're doing meet and greet or whatever. And he, and he yelled at me and he just said, he's just like, if God is so powerful, then why did my son die? If God is so powerful, why do I not have a home? There are people who are experiencing hurts and storms in their hearts and their lives, and now they're questioning God's integrity. I get it. I understand. Not only are they asking God's, about God's integrity, but they're asking about God's intentions for them. Are his plans for me really good? It says in the word that I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. People who aren't Christ followers, do they really believe that he's good? And it, sometimes we ask, do, does he want me to fail? Does he want me to be struggling financially like this over and over, week after week, month after month? Is he trying to hide himself from me? These are the questions that I think people are asking. And you know what? In the same way that the disciples were asking, teacher, don't you care if I drown? This world and this culture is asking, God, are you real? God, do you care? God, do you see what I'm experiencing? And he's saying, let my peace be your victory this morning. Let my peace be your victory. If you want to activate the peace in your storms, I want you to know right now, and we're going to do it together, that we have to declare who God is as Christ believers, as people who follow God and say that Jesus is the Son of God. He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We declare who he is. We declare his goodness, and we will find peace in our storms. So if we want peace in our storms, let's declare his goodness and we will find victory in battle, freedom from fears. And any fears that have bound us will be shaken from us. So who is God? This story declares, number one, he is Lord over all creation. He is Lord over all creation. Jesus displays his infinite power with just saying two words, Two words, what are those words? Quiet, three words. Be still, quiet, be still. 
That's all it took for Jesus to calm the storm. Jesus displays infinite power. Have you ever been in a really frustrating place in your life, like when you forget your keys or lose your keys? When I was little, I remember just being like, oh, God, where are my keys? Where? Not little. I was driving, so I didn't, wasn't driving. I was little. Like when I was in high school or whatever, I asked Caleb. I lose my keys all the time. It's terrible. I'm like, where are my keys? And there's this, this childlike faith that just says, God, I believe you're real. If it's hidden somewhere, just let it magically drift to the table in a place where I can reach it. And oh, come on, I know that some of you have thought this way. You guys are kind of going, yeah, yeah, you did it too, okay? And there have been times that even um, my backpack was stolen recently. And you guys, can I just share another thing just to let you know? My mom heart is breaking. Um, I lost, uh, I, my backpack was stolen, my computer was taken, and my hard drive was in there. And I realized that my kids' newborn pictures, um, that was the only place that I had them recorded. So I'm like hoping, so just pray that God would take from the cloud of my computer and magically drop it into my new computer. No, he's not going to do that. <laughs> But I, I receive any prayers. But, you know, I feel like it's that childlike faith where we can, act, we, we, we can trust God to do those miraculous things. Do you really have control over the winds and the waves and the objects and the things in our lives? Or is it just like internal? You want us to be Lord of our, you want to be Lord of our lives and you want to have all these internal things. No, God is not just the God of our internal choices and all those things. He is the God of the universe that said, be created and it was created. Let there be light and there was light. Let there be the oceans and the seas and the skies. And there were all those things just because of the word that he spoke. This is how powerful Jesus is. And it reveals to us that all of who God is and all of his infinite power was poured into Jesus. And he exhibited that power by saying in just three words, peace be still. Peace be still. Listen, God can do whatever he wants in our situations, the internal and the external things that we face. So Lord, the Lord is, God is the Lord over all creation and we see that through Jesus. Number two, he is the calm over all our internal storms. God brings calm. Peace is calm. Peace is calm. Remember what, what I said earlier, that there's external storms that are happening in people's lives. And, and the way we handle our external storms will be determined by how we handle our internal storms. So I want to encourage you today to connect to the peace of God. Somebody say, connect to the peace of God. Connecting to the peace of God makes our awareness of God's presence and it helps us overcome the assaults of our problem. How many people feel assaulted with the problems and storms of their life? And it's all happening internally. Assaults look like fears, unhealthy thoughts, discontentment, negative attitudes. The lists go on and on. Worries, fears, the lists go on and on. But God is wanting to encourage us to think on whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things. Think on those things. Think on who I am. That I am true. I am excellent. I am noble. Think on those things and that will, you will grab peace and apply that to your mind internally and he will calm the fears. He will subside the worries. That's what he does. And he's also three, an advocate over all our concerns. Have you ever watched those, um, 
those, I actually don't love these, like C.S. Lewis, no, C.S.I. and <laughs> um, all those like law stuff. And inevitably you'll see a scene where somebody's like, um, is talking to their, their lawyer and they're just like, why didn't you say anything when, when the prosecutor said this? And then their, their lawyer's like, I got it all under control. I got it all under control. And even he's probably just thinking, I'm, I'm taking all your money, but I'm, I'm representing you, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just saying, there's, there's always an advocate, um, right? And then, but then there's like this disgruntled or this stressed out um, client who's just like, why didn't you say anything? Why didn't you tell the judge this? Why didn't you ask these questions? And, and I believe that's what we do to God. And that's what the disciples were doing and what they were actually saying to him. They were saying, don't you even care if we drown? Don't you even care? Do something. How many people have been in a place in their lives where they felt like God was just absent? He was inattentive. He was unresponsive. He was late in his timing. God, I've been asking for a spouse and he's still not here. She's still not here. God, I was waiting for favor and a raise and it's still not coming. It's still not here. God, I was asking for, for us to get pregnant. It's, not, it's still not here. Where are you, God? Where are you? Why are you being unresponsive? Why in the world are you sleeping on me? What, have you ever asked that question? Can we be honest in this place? And we've asked the question, why aren't you doing these things? And these are just internal storms where God is trying to say, I know you're dealing with that, but I am the advocate for all of your concerns. It may seem like I'm sleeping on you, but I'm working things out. I'm working things out. While you're waiting, I'm working. That is the God that we serve. He is an advocate. And he's saying, I was able to chill and sleep on the cushion that I brought into the stern of the boat because I am God. Jesus, I am God. And I don't need to be spinning my wheels and talking and striving because I am God. I can sleep and I can rest. And when we have peace in our lives and when we have access to that peace, then we can finally lay our heads to rest how many people have been kept up all night thinking about how is this gonna work? Are you even there? Are you there? What are you doing, Lord? Why aren't you responding? And he's saying, I want rest for you. My peace is your rest. It says this in Proverbs 3.24, if you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. That's what he desires for us. It says in Psalm 4.8, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep for you alone. Oh Lord, make me dwell in safety. David knew that you're safe when you're sleeping because God's working when we're resting. But so many of us are like Philippians 4, 6. We're anxious about everything, but Paul encourages us, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. A peaceful person is a thankful person, is a person who's full of praise. A peaceful person praises God in their anxiousness. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your minds and your hearts through Christ Jesus. This is a promise for us when we choose to not look at the storms, when we choose not to say, what is going on? God says, I will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. No one's going to get it. And you're going to display a calm that the world will not understand, but they will want it. 
the degree to which we understand God's nature will be the degree to which we experience peace in life's storms. And here's what happens, guys, in verse 41. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? The disciples that have been following him, that have been helping him into the boat and out of the boat and walking them to the miracles that he's performing. The disciples are saying, who is this person? Who is this God? Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Everybody in this day and age knew how dangerous the Sea of Galilee was. Everybody knew that the storms were unforeseen. You never knew when a furious squall would storm up, right? You never knew. And when they say they saw Jesus say, peace, be still, they knew he was God. They knew he was God. They knew that they had been with God, that is who we serve. And when they could finally understand that, and when they saw that miracle, they experienced peace. So here's the thing, guys. Limited revelation versus fullness, full revelation. Our limited revelation this morning could be, do not fear the storm. God will help us through it. God will help us through it. And then we make him a genie and we say, God, help me through it. I made it through it. I'm going to ask you for this, and you've got to give me that. And when he doesn't give it to us, we don't know what to do. Disillusionment, disappointment, disbelief set in. That's what happens with limited revelation. But the fullness of revelation is this. Do not fear the storm. Fear God above the storm. And when we fear God above the storm, then that makes God not a genie, but that makes God God. That makes God, God. And I'm not saying fear him and like, oh my gosh, what are you gonna do? No, it says fear, I fear you, I revere you, and the storms of my life and the, the, the battles that I'm facing, they better be afraid. They better be afraid of the God that I serve that's gonna calm the storm, that's gonna give me victory in that battle. I serve the God of the universe, the creator of the universe. He is the Lord over all creation, and he is going to give me peace in my storm. I'm telling you, some people, when they think about who God is and their disbelief and they don't understand who he is, they're like, God, you're practically a storm. Sometimes you answer my questions. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you want to work on my behalf. Sometimes you're silent. I don't even know who you are. You actually are like a storm. You're powerful and you do this and do that. And we never know when you're coming or going. And we're, when we become skeptical, we become disbelieving. But what I want you to understand that the difference between the storm and God is that he loves you. The storm and nature do not love you. The storm will destroy you, but God will build you up. He will preserve you. He will protect you. That is the God that we serve. So the full revelation for you that finally this morning is that God and in his infinite wisdom and power poured all of himself into Jesus. And because he poured all of himself into Jesus, Jesus demonstrated love for us all. The storm and nature, the things of this world will leave us, will leave us broken and depressed and destroyed. But the love of God will restore us, protect us, and provide for us. You believe that this morning? We serve a God, Jesus. He's not, he's not saying, I'm, he's not saying, Expelliamos. He's not saying, I call on the powers of Merlin. No, he's saying, peace, be still. I don't need to call on anything because I am God. I am God. And so this morning, if you're in this room and you need God to inter intervene on a situation in your
life, I want you to stand right now. We're just going to do something a little bit different. You need God to intervene in your situation. And he's saying, I want to build the faith in your life. And I want you to understand that I am a love, that I am for you. I am your advocate. I am not against you. And I want you to have victory and peace in your storm. We're going to pray for you right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all these who demonstrated faith by standing up and by saying, I need you, God, and that I'm going to rely on you. And you are God, God in and of itself. I'm not going to ask any more questions. I'm not going to wonder. I'm going to put my faith in you and say, I need access to your peace right now. So, God, I pray that you would, you would pour that on them right now. Grace, peace, peace, peace. Calm the storms. Calm their minds. Calm their hearts answer their questions reveal yourself to them full revelation in this place that you are good god remind them that you're good remind them that you haven't left them remind them that you haven't rejected them remind them who you are you are a good god there's none like you you're greater than anything that they're experiencing in their life right now pour out the truth on them right now may their minds receive it may their hearts receive it and when they walk out of here may their situations be changed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, you guys can have a seat. But we can't leave this place. Come on, let's bow our heads, actually. We're going we're gonna to invite people right now to have a relationship with Jesus. We don't just serve the universe. We don't serve nature. It's powerful, yes, but we serve a God who created it all. He created it all. And all that he's asking for us to to do is to receive his love today how do you sustain the peace in your life you sustain sustain the peace in your life by receiving the love you don't have to do anything you don't have to do anything but have faith in your hearts confess with your mouth that you need him and believe in jesus and receive his love the one who created the storm the one who calms the storm loves you and all he wants is relationship with you that is the God that we serve. And if you're in this room and you're like, I need peace in my life, but I need Jesus in my life. I want my peace to be to last for a lifetime. I want it to last for eternity. I don't want to help. I want it to help me. I want it to help my family. If that's you in this room and you want a relationship with Jesus this morning, would you raise your hand in three seconds? Here we go. One, two, three. Let's raise our hands if you want to. Yes, 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 yes. on church some people raise their hands and committed to Jesus come on as a body can you repeat after me dear Jesus thank you for being our peace we accept the peace into our lives we believe that you sent your son you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross to raise again and be active in our lives. I confess my need of you. I confess I'm a sinner, but I know that you can help me live for you all the days of my life. I love you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen, amen. Come on, church. Come on, let's church. Let's rejoice. There's more that are in the family of God. Why don't we stand? We're going to celebrate and we're going to sing. The prayer team is going to make their way down front. If you made this decision for the first time or you need prayer for your storm or situation, there are prayer team 
and to encourage you, but let's proclaim God's goodness and sing his name that calms the dark, the storms, and makes the darkness tremble. Come on, let's sing. We hope this word encouraged you today. If you haven't heard, we recently purchased a building in Old Sacramento. This is going to be the permanent home of Project Church. We are here to stay in Sacramento. But I wanted to ask you if you would consider giving, uh, donating to help make this vision come to fruition. You can go to www.projectchurch.com backslash believe to see more about the building and to donate. God bless you and let's see what God can do through us.